0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special sit-down edition of Mullen Zane's podcast of Rambling Randomness, and today we have with us in, the, well, on the line, not in the studio, um, we have Mr. Tim Clark, uh, and he is a, a, an idol of mine, and I didn't even know his name. Uh, I grew up playing with a toy well, a puppet, toy, whatever you want to call it, Uh, both (laughs) creature, they're called Boglins. And uh, they are making a very big comeback right now. Um, I'm seeing them everywhere, ads all over the place. I'm seeing them in uh, uh, places like GameStop. I'm seeing them all over. And, sir, first off, thank you (laughs) for coming on and and taking time out of your day to talk to me. Uh, You're You're welcome. First off, um the history of bot how did you come up with i know you're a co-creator am i am i correct in saying that yes okay um, how did you
1: come up with the ideas of like what came about to to get this into motion originally well um certainly probably the biggest influence was uh working with jim henson and working on dark crystal um i was the one of the team leaders for building the mystics and every one of the mystics in the Dark Crystal was sculpted by me and the mechanisms were built by me and um, Sherry Amot uh, was in charge of all the costuming. So um, between that and working on the Pod People Slaves and the Crystal Bats and um, I did a little bit of work on the Landstrider and the big sea anemone uh, creatures yes. were uh, designed by me. It was based on a hand puppet anemone that I showed Jim in my interview. Okay. Then later on, um, Jim wanted to, to kind of play around with the idea of, you know, uh, full body creatures. Okay. And um, a bunch of us from the workshop went to see shots and um we we were thinking about how we could change um the use of 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 the body Mm -hmm. to create new creatures and i came up with the idea of putting all these cones on a body suit and sherry and i built the first one okay and jim and brian both loved it and um all the puppeteers had to do, or the mimes or whoever, or the dancers, whoever was performing them, all they had to do was roll around. And it just, <laughs> you never knew what was the head, what was the bottom, you know? And um, it's one of the few things in Dark Crystal that Brian didn't design. It was it was all based on something that I had come up with. Wow. So, um, uh, after... I came back from working on dark crystal and was working in the workshop in New York. Um, I was working on fraggle rock and I approached Jim about setting up a separate studio at Muppets to design and come up with toy concepts. I said, you know, what we're doing here is so much more interesting than what the toy companies are producing or when they obtain a Muppet license they're not necessarily they don't understand the materials that we're working with the approach right and I think it would be great to do to turn it around rather than than um the toy companies approaching muppets with ideas that we should be going to the toy companies with ideas and um I always say that this is the best slap in the face I ever got (laughs) or the best kick in the pants because Jim said Tim It's a wonderful idea, but I just don't want to do it. (laughs) And I went, and I was shocked because I thought, oh my God, you know, I thought he would, you know, jump all over this. But so then after working on Fraggle Rock, um, uh, Muppets had kind of a glut of puppet builders. Mm -hmm. And um, because there was originally the studio had puppet, you know, puppet builders for Sesame Street. Right. Then Sesame Street and Muppet Show. Then Sesame Street Muppet Show, Dark Crystal. And then finally, they so we had, and then a studio in New York and a studio in London at that time. And then after Fraggle Rock, Jim had trouble placing the next project. You know, he had tons of ideas, but he didn't have any studios picking up. So he put us, a lot of us, became freelance puppet builders and they said well we'll call you but it was funny because they called it full-time freelance and I said what the hell is that <laughs> yeah. but um so yes they would then call us in when there was another project and, or so I then started doing more toy design and development through the art department at okay. Muppets and I started pitching my own um ideas for uh toy design. Right. And at that time I was working with Maureen Trotto on a freelance basis, doing props and special effects work for TV commercials and puppets also. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I was trying to pitch different ideas to toy companies and Hasbro was the only company that would see me because I had done the dark crystal toys for Hasbro back, Then uh, they were never produced, but they went full to to um, into production as far as making molds and everything else. But then um, once the movie came out and they saw how scary it was, they Mm -hmm. said, no, kids are going to go see this. How are we going to sell toys? And this is way before Hasbro realized the potential of adult toy buyers. So um, those toys never came out. I still have the prototypes for them oh, or the first run of them. I would which, love to see the pictures of those. <laughs> yeah, they're, I, I think I. you have to flip through my Instagram page, but they're in there. Oh, great. Okay, so, good. But it might be a while. It's a while since I posted them. Gotcha. So um, then I started trying to, to uh, pitch to toy, different toy companies, but they wouldn't see me because they didn't know me and right. there's all this paranoia about In the toy industry, about buying things from the outside because if they don't know you, they don't want to know you. They're afraid you've stolen the idea. Gotcha. So I ended up going to Toy Fair in New York. And in Toy Fair magazine, in the back was an ad for Seven Towns, which was the company that represented uh, Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay. And Erno Rubik. So I called their office and they said to me, oh, I'm sorry, we don't really see people from the outside. We only have a core group of designers and inventors. And I said, well, how does one get into this industry? Because I just keep getting the same response. Right. And I said, I have been I have been working for Muppets for the last five years. And I have a lot of... And then as soon as I said that, he said, oh, no, you should come in. <laughs> okay. so, Maureen wanted to join me in, in trying to do toy concepts. And, um, so we went in and met with seven towns and we showed them a bunch of ideas and they said, no, 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 no. And then, um, I pulled this fly hand puppet that I had made to go to a Halloween party because I did not like wearing a mask at a Halloween party because you couldn't talk to people. Right. You couldn't eat, you couldn't drink. So I was like, so I made this fly hand puppet where my fingers were the legs. Oh, okay. And um, that became sectors because Larry Mass, who was working in the office at Seven Towns at that time. I pulled that out of the bag. He said, oh, this is fantastic. You know, he said, we could put an action figure on the back of that and it would go crazy. You know, I'm sure somebody will pick it up. So um, uh, Maureen, Made some models. I had the original fly and um, we also did some concept sketches as to where we would see the line going. Right. And it was pitched to Coleco at um, Toy Fair that year. And I'm trying to remember, I think that was 82 or 83. Okay. Maybe it was probably 82. And um, uh, Coleco wanted it right away there was no hesitation they said yes we want to do it blah 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 and they um you know we went into contract with them and um then we spent Maureen and I spent the next I would say three months doing concept sketches okay. and turning it over to the art department and the design department at Coleco and it the whole thing was flushed out and um that was the beginning of my adventures in the toy industry
0: nice um that's actually a really interesting story because uh Jim Henson is a big part of uh this show like you know what I mean um I we did a whole we dedicate a whole month to him every year we've been uh doing this podcast for about four and a half years now and uh Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting you brought up Jim because I Honestly, I didn't even know that part about like with the Dark Crystal and stuff like that. And that's like my favorite movie of all time. So and now knowing that you designed like
1: half of my favorite characters, this is great. Um, Brian Meal, who was one of the puppeteers, he's probably best known for doing Barkley the Dog on Sesame Street. He was one of the mystics. He played the Dying Master. Oh, that's right. And also Urza, which which was um, Jen's master Mm -hmm. after the dying master, um, passed away and Brian and I worked on puppeteering both of those characters. Uh, Brian did the, the, the voice. Right. And the head, uh, the mouth. And I did an opposing hand and the eye mechanisms for those, both those characters. And then Brian was assigned the ornamentalist skeksis, And I, um, you know co-puppeteered with with him on that gotcha. and then everybody in the workshop um had uh you know they're a hand in a puppet for right. the big uh, pod people banquet scene yeah. so and and also a lot of the, the that one that one scene in dark crystal where everything in the environment is moving mm-hmm. it's like we were all under tables moving oh, wow. everything Wow. And so, yeah, I, it's like... Um, it's got to be weird you know, on it's in production. Like, puppets you know. <laughs> have always been, you know, since I was a kid and did puppet shows, uh, puppets have always been a big thing for me. And I think they make... They're an incredible outlet f- as a toy toy because right. kids can... And, and I do seminars with, with a lot of uh, teachers in grade schools. Um, you know, kind of telling them why puppetry is such a great thing to do with kids. Yeah. Uh, because one, they can build puppets, whether it's just out of paper. Mm-hmm. They can then write a script for their puppet. They can design a set. And then they can perform. So um, it's a great outlet because unfortunately, you know, the arts programs are, it, it, it always amazes me that our arts programs in schools are the first thing that people cut. Oh, I'm going through when, that with my daughter right now. When when the most revered, some of the most revered people in the United States mm-hmm. are creative artists. I mean, you look at Walt, Walt Disney. What company in the United States right now is bigger in entertainment than Walt Disney? Yeah,
0: you got a point. There. You
1: look at... You know all the people who worked in star wars all the people who worked in you know and jim henson you know it's like jim henson when he went to the university of maryland his major was home economics right? (laughs) because he wanted to learn how to sew to make you know characters and um he then switched to the art department and you know it's like if if you were a kid in high school today and you told your parents you wanted to major in home economics your parents would go oh, you're not going to college <laughs> you know
0: yeah
1: like i don't know a family that would say oh yeah i want you to go study home economics <laughs> you know yeah, and, and 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 it, it's very true that that the arts whereas everybody wants somebody is an artist and becomes famous and well-known you know whether it's in theater i mean you look at Julie Tamar's work Mm. you look at all the incredible set designs that are done for Broadway I have good friends who are you know design major sets right you know did the work for Phantom of the Opera I mean the sets and the movement and the the just the engineering skills to bring that about and the design skills people don't realize that every single thing you touch on a daily basis is designed by somebody right like there isn't a thing, whether it's good or bad, everything you touch—from your toothbrush, you know, yeah. first thing in the morning, to your coffee cup, to your dessert place—all of those things are designed by people, and it's unfortunate that that people don't recognize the craft and and um, ability of the people who create the things that you you use every day.
0: Right. So. <clears throat> um now uh boglins originally came out in um 86 right correct all right um did you how long before
1: that were they in development like did you guys well um originally we showed them to coleco and they wanted to add it to the sectors line right um as a nemesis you know like an evil nemesis to the sectors but um they went off on a tangent that i didn't like at all you know it didn't look like what we presented to them it was just a hand puppet monster one looked like an alligator you know it just it wasn't a boggling at all right and unfortunately um going into the second year of sectors um due to the failure of um uh coleco's desktop computer right um i think it was the atom computer um, it was such a huge financial loss that they went bankrupt because every single one of these computers that they created, right. it was supposed to be the first desktop home computer. Yeah, This was before Apple. Um, it, every single one of them was sent back because they didn't function. They had rushed to de- the development and, um, they lost so much money that they, they went bankrupt. So um, we got the rights to Boglin's back. Right. And then that um, I guess that spring that it was returned to us, uh, Larry showed it to Mattel and they got it right away. They said, Oh my God, this has been staring at us in the movies, you know, right in the face. And it's such an obvious thing, you know, to do and so they bought it they had it for two years and then um they didn't want to continue because i don't know i never understood uh mattel's reasoning right uh, they had uh going into its third year they had seven million dollars in orders and they decided not to continue So this day even you know and seven million dollars back then would be like 14 million dollars now that's a lot of money and so they decided not to continue and seven towns london office took it back the rights back and sold it to ideal loseres in uh europe okay and boglins went on for another seven years from Uh, small Boglins, baby Boglins, mini Boglins, like everything you can imagine. The the popularity of Boglins in um, the UK and Europe right. is tenfold what it is in the States. Wow. Because in the States, it, it only came out and was out for maybe two and a half, three years. Yeah, because so. I remember I got mine. Uh, it was either um, May
0: of or no Christmas of... Uh, Eighty six or May of eighty seven, yeah. so it was one of those right. two um, that I got. I got drool. I remember it specifically. <laughs> he was, <laughs> um, he was, uh, you know, came in their 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 little crate with the bars on them and you know yeah. the, the hole in the bottom. It was such a great. I don't know why they, they didn't work out here. Like after they did.
1: I mean, well, no, I mean, I'm it, saying, it but nothing... like, I don't know why they would cancel it. It, here, it did. Like... It, they sold phenomenally yeah. well in the US. It just was you know, execs at Mattel yeah, like who said quote unquote they wanted to concentrate on core business, which was, you know, Barbie, Barbie. and Hot Wheel. Right. You know, and and you know, they did not they did not see the potential and they blew it because like I said, yeah, it, it then went on to sell in Europe and was one of the top selling sto- toys in Europe right. for the next seven years. So they missed out on all that income. Wow. So that's, what can you do? You know, it's like
0: Yeah, well, I mean people and, make bad decisions. And I have to say,
1: you know, thank thank goodness for uh Chris Cofoni at Tri Action Toys for bring that up, yes. who had boglins when he was little mm-hmm. and has been after me for years to bring it back. And every major toy company in the United States turned it down. And thanks for to Chris they are back in the marketplace and they're selling all over the world again. And you know, it's been a, a, an incredible ride. So well, that's we're, brilliant. we are, we're going to be uh, launching the Bat Boglins, which were supposed to have been done by Mattel back in the eighties. They will now be coming out for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. And they will be produced this year. They should be in stores in August. Okay. And, um, so, you know, and also I have to say um, recently um, uh, Dynamite is going to be doing trading cards. Yes. And so we're developing um, 120, I think, to start initially trading cards. They'll be coming out in, in different packs. And um, Grim Rabbit uh, Board Games is going to be doing a Boglins board game. And um, I'm working with them very closely on the design of the characters and the development. They're going to have, for the first time, there's going to be new mini Boglins as game pieces in the game. Oh, that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, neat things happening this year and that are coming to fruition. And it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, I, I'm probably more appreciative of it now because I'm more heavily involved in the design and development of all of these things right. well, than now, I ever was before.
0: Well, now that I know the you know original designer of them is actually involved, and it's not just some kind of cash grab from some other company who bought the rights, I'm gonna start buying them. <laughs> oh,
1: <thank> you. <laughs> they were great! <laughs> no, Long- no it, it's it has been it has been a very personal. um adventure for me um Maureen unfortunately has not been well so she, oh. so I've been kind of I've taken the helm right but Maureen has been uh writing and she has written a really incredible new storyline for sectors mm. and we're hoping that um a graphic novel for that will be coming out soon oh, nice. probably if not later this year, maybe next year. Oh, that's so cool. that's awesome. all the things from my, my eighties toy <laughs> world is coming, it's coming back, back, hopefully bigger and better. No, that's great.
0: And I can't wait. Cause, uh, that's all stuff from my past that I really loved. And, uh, you know, like I said, I grew up with them. I had the first, you know, I want to say that the first one I got was drool and I got two other ones, but I can't remember what their names were. Um, One had the, uh, the antennas up here, like, uh, Dwork, Dwork. That's the one. And, uh, the other one had the real doofy teeth. Yeah. That was Vlob. Vlob. Yeah, that's right. All right. So I had those three and, um, I think I may have had one or two mini Boglins, um, at some point. But uh, yeah, the
1: small I, ones. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I can't wait for those to go. I'm so glad they're at back out. And uh, my kids, like we, we, I walked into GameStop and uh, they had the 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 one up there. And my kids are like, "What's that?" Where did which GameStop were you in? Uh, I was here in uh, Hudson, New York. Um, they had them. Okay. Uh, I guess they had maybe it was a sample one or something that they had bought. You know what I mean? Or they have just a display of, mm-hmm. um, because that was the only one I saw in the store. But they were like,
1: "What is that?" And I'm yeah, like, because the GameStop was actually selling them so well online, right? that they weren't getting to the store so it's nice to hear that some actually did get to the stores. yeah
0: so um like like i said he um it was up on display there and they were like what's that and i was like yeah you know that, that's something that i had when i was a, you know a little kid and they're like wow i'm like they kept this same. i'm like no they put them back out so this is like great and they're like those are neat and i'm like yeah they're just like they're hand puppets and you can you know yeah. you can play with them and, and, and they're really neat and they're they're just like cool and i i told them about the mechanism in the eyes so the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, the move and stuff. And they're like, yeah. wow, you know, see that Yeah, it was very a important
1: for us to, to bring it out and have it be the same way as it was. The the Probably the biggest difference is um, the material now. They're being made out of uh, TPR, which is thermoplastic rubber. Okay. Um, it is much more flexible and stretchy than mm-hmm. the original Craton that, boggans were made out of so the flexibility in their face and the expression is much greater than it was back in the 80s uh the material you can is much more fluid right um a puppet i guess it
0: was uh i i'd seen a couple pictures online of uh some that had lasted and uh but basically they're just the eye mechanisms left and uh some of the the plastic is still intact or the rubber is still intact or whatever but it looked kind of yeah you know you don't realize the uh i guess like how just they look even creepier without the uh rubber suit i guess like the mechanisms just <laughs> together look kind of creepy i was like did you put one out like that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um so, so I really don't want to keep too much more of your time. I know you're, you're probably very busy. Um, and I do thank you so, so much for joining me and talking about this. Um, I would love to have you back on and, you know, just to BS sometime and just, you know, talk about stuff. You're um, right. Is there any um, – do you have any social media? I know you have the website, uh, Boglins,
1: um uh, is that boglands.com? Boglins.com is where you can buy them direct from Tri-Action Toys. Right. Um, you can also get them from Toy & K, Big Bad Toy Store, uh, GameStop. Um, I'm trying to think of all the ones, uh, major ones. Uh, and then, thank goodness, we, because of the nostalgia, we've been picked up by a lot of geek stores, you know, mm. uh, local toy stores all over the U.S. and Europe. Um, so uh, in Europe, they're uh, being distributed by Toys.LU, L-U, which um, is, uh, if you're in Europe or, uh, and if you're in UK, it's Lost Universe or Mankind Stores is carrying them. Okay. so. Yeah. They're all over the place. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah they're great. out there. I can't wait. and um, available.
0: I can't wait to get some more. And
1: <laughs> my, my um, Instagram page is Tim Clark toys. I'm also on Facebook as Tim Clark toys and um, every Friday I'm updating now with um, kind of the cultural history of Boglins throughout the universe. And there's little comic strips about who they are, where they come from and where they're going, so
0: that's awesome. Do you take suggestions for toy ideas to, to, to design?
1: No. Oh darn. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I knew it was going to be coming up in the comments. Tell them to, no. to make this no. and this, I, and this. I, no, I, I'm not going to do it. I, <laughs> it's really funny because um after I had worked at Muppets, I hooked up with the uh, Jerry Jerry Hall, who was the licensing head of licensing at Muppets. And we were working on a uh product line for girls called um oh uh the was it diva girls? Diva Girls, I think was the name of and oh funky girls, that was one of the girls was the diva girl. They had hippie girl, diva girl, angel girl. <laughs> okay. And we went to do a presentation at Walmart in Arkansas, and Jerry said introduced me. He said, this is Tim Clark and he vomits incredibly great ideas. You know, I, I, I have, um, though I have to say the wonderful thing about working with Chris at Traction Toys is there's a lot of toy ideas that I've had for many, many years that have never come to fruition because major toy companies, you know, as I went on in the toy industry would not produce anything that was kind of original. Everything had to be tied to a film or TV show or something like that. So for independent designers, it became more and more difficult to sell toy product ideas as an independent. And now I'm getting to go back and, um, Review some of the toy concepts I've had for many, many years that I wanted to do. And Chris is really excited about doing them. So um, this year we're going to be presenting a lot of new, new products and concepts, um, okay. you know, as toy products. So, oh, great. There's yeah, a of- there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to.
0: Oh, great. I'm, I'm, we're going to keep an eye out then. And um, again, sir, Mr. Tim Clark, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I will sure. be back in touch. Um, and this will be up online tomorrow on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, all everywhere you get your podcasts and on the, uh, the old uh, YouTubes so uh for all you people that like to watch video for no reason i don't know why it's just me and him talking it it is what it is but (laughs) we'll we'll talk to you guys later and again thank you tim really honestly thank you so much for coming on oh my uh, pleasure i appreciate it and uh check all of them out uh check them out check out boglins go buy them and we will see you uh next week thank you again have a great day bye bye thanks bye